0: to be a missionary to remote unreached people groups, you had better be transformed. You will need to be transformed because you will be like the disciples, having no money, no education, and taking nothing for the journey. Having knowledge of the New Testament is one thing, being transformed by Jesus Christ is another. It doesn't mean that you are perfect just that you are not living in a daily unrepentant sin. If you are transformed by Christ living in you, you will bear fruit and you will be making disciples, not just converts. These concepts really require some time in the New Testament, especially the Gospels. They will also require seriously changing a lifestyle to a discipleship form of living, because this is what Jesus has told us to do. Spending time in the Gospels of Jesus Christ, learning from Him, reading the words in red, those are the things that help you, those are the things that deepen your Christian walk. And if you're not spending that time in the Gospels, these messages won't help you much. You will really need to read the Gospels many, many times for yourself, with your own eyes, and then you'll begin to see what it really means to take nothing for the journey. John chapter seven, Verses 15 through 23. The Jews were astonished at it, saying, How does this man have such learning when he has never been taught? I'll read that verse again. The Jews were astonished at it, saying, How does this man have such learning when he has never been taught? Then Jesus answered them, My teaching is not Mine, but His who sent Me. Anyone who resolves to do the will of God will know whether My teaching is from God, or whether I am speaking on My own. Those who speak on their own seek their own glory, but the one who seeks the glory of Him who sent Him is true, and there is nothing false in Him. Did not Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why are you looking for an opportunity to kill me? The crowd answered, You have a demon. Who is trying to kill you? Jesus answered them, I performed one work, and all of you are astonished. Moses gave you circumcision. It is, of course, not from Moses, but from the patriarchs. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath in order that the law of Moses might not be broken, are you angry with me because I healed a man's whole body on the Sabbath? The New Revised Standard Version. Are you thorny? Are you sad? Do you have a little gray cloud falling year round? Is everything a drama? Then get the fruit of the Holy Spirit, get to know Jesus and his teaching, and then go. The early Christians did not have years and years of knowing Christ before they were discipling others. There is no limit to how deep you can know Jesus, but get deep by going, not by staying. If you wait until you are deep before you go, you will never be deep enough. One of the most common excuses for never going to the mission field is, I'm not mature enough. People who say that they need to be a better Christian before they go, will never go. They are deceived by the devil thinking that they are not worthy to be missionaries. The truth is that no one is worthy. Our worthiness comes through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection alone, not by anything we do, not even by going to the mission field. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11. And that is what some of you were, but you were washed when you were sanctified You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. All self-searching is a trap by the devil to keep Christians from fulfilling the Great Commission. Our salvation and sanctification rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross and his resurrection and all this is through faith in Him. If you have asked Christ to take over your life, repented from sin, asked for forgiveness, have been baptized, and are walking in a new direction, you are seated with Christ in heavenly realms. You are on the path to becoming one who will take Christ into the dark places. It's not about money, It's not about your education, it's not about what you have, it's not about what you take with you, it's about just going and taking the light of Christ into the darkness. So, take nothing for the journey. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt these verses have haunted me for many years. First Jesus says take nothing for the journey, then he becomes very specific about what not to take. Why does Jesus state very specifically what not to take? A few years ago, I was fortunate to be in a meeting of the Centers for World Mission in South Korea. Many people gathered there from around the globe. There were people from Mongolia, China, India, Philippines, Nigeria, and Ethiopia. There were about 40 people who met for several days in a retreat center on the snow-covered mountains about an hour outside of Seoul. I heard many things during those days, but one thing stood out among the rest. One of the leaders of the Nigerian Mission Sending Agency stood up and said, We send our missionaries out. They go with three months support and are told never to return home. The Nigerian Mission Movement is one of the largest missionary sending countries in the world. The main reason why this statement should impact us is because what he said is closer to the teachings of Jesus Christ on mission sending. Because this man is an influential person, and someone who should know about sending missionaries, it should make us take a closer look at Luke chapter 9 verses 1-3. through I realize that later in Luke chapter 22, you find that Jesus sent them with a few more items But it is very important to see that he tells us in chapter 22 to only take three more items, a purse, a bag, and a sword. Look closely at that passage. And really what they had acquired along the way is what they were able to take with them. Missionaries really do not need anything in order to go simply the clothes on their back and whatever they have in their hands in the moment. This is the true essence of the original language when Jesus says don't take anything for the journey, don't go back and acquire things that you don't already have. If you have sandals on your feet, use them, take them, but don't acquire extra things don't go back for anything. Take nothing for the journey. The main truth that we find in Christ's teachings in Luke chapter 22 is that we really don't need much to go on the missionary journey. Don't take more than what you already have in your hands. If you acquired it along the way, then you can take it. Otherwise. Don't go back for anything, don't carry extra baggage. Too much baggage is one of the main reasons that we are hindered from finishing the task. Some people never go at all because they lack the things they assume that they will need. Jesus had raised a little girl from the dead and he had decided to send out the twelve. Try to imagine Jesus talking to his disciples, imagine his tone, then try to imagine why would he tell them not to take anything for the journey. Your first response might be to teach them faith. It wasn't to teach them faith. He was teaching them a very specific missionary principle. He did not want them to be burdened or preoccupied with things or the preparation for going. It takes preparation in order to take things on a journey. You have to get money to buy things, then you have to find the right things, and then you have to get those things for anyone else who's going along. He taught this so that they would not get hung up on the things or on the preparation. We overestimate ourselves. We think that we won't get hung up, but we do. Look at the world today and the thousands of unreached people groups that are still waiting on their first missionary. Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves. Luke. Chapter 22, verses 35 through 38. Jesus asked them, when I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now, if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag, and if you don't have a sword, Sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. The disciples said, See, Lord, here are two swords. That is enough, he replied. We must be very careful with these verses. He says, now if you have a purse, take it and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one, implying that they still might not have money. He doesn't mention money at all in these verses. He says, if you have a purse, They would have had to acquire the purse along the way. A purse holds money, but in this case not enough to buy a sword. They would have had to sell their cloaks in order to buy a sword. It also implies that the bag was also acquired along the way. It is important to note that he only says to buy one thing. The other things a purse or a bag are to be taken now only if they have them. This would imply that they had acquired them somewhere along the way. I believe the sword is symbolic, something regarding Jews. The disciples say, See, Lord, here are two swords, and Jesus says, The two are enough. Not everyone needs the last three items that Jesus says can be taken. Some of them can be gotten along the way. These principles that Jesus Christ laid down for missionary sending still apply today. We must understand and receive the essence of what Jesus Christ is teaching here through the Holy Spirit's revelation because we are being hindered and held back from getting out into the uttermost parts of the world on this simple point. Luke chapter 22 verses 47 through 53 While he was still speaking, a crowd came up And a man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this, and touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you've come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. Now, the disciples asked Jesus if they should use their swords, and one strikes before Jesus has a chance to answer. After all, Jesus had just told them to sell their cloak and buy one if they had none. Also, two disciples happened to already have swords. There was no need to buy one. They must have acquired those things along the way as well. You should seek the Lord as to what these scriptures mean. I'm not going to presume that there's some deep meaning here, but one thing we know is this fact. Jesus sent out his disciples to do the Great Commission with nothing but the clothes on their back and the few things that they had. If you look at the rest of the apostles' exploits, you will find that they did not have many things. I'm not saying that having things is a sin, just that we do not need them to do mission work. I will explain why we don't need them. Mark chapter 6 verses 8 through 9. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. In this passage, Mark adds the staff and the sandals and assumes that they are to take a belt. It is clear that you need very little and that you do not need money. Money is not ever mentioned by Jesus in the verses as a need for missionary sending. Why in Luke chapter 9 would he say not to take even the essentials? If you need to take money, well, you might as well take extra clothing. And if you can, get a really cool staff that doubles as a sword and a candle holder. If you have a staff, a sword and a candle holder, you might need some matches or a bag to keep the matches dry. If you have a bag, you might as well take along some money to buy more matches. Why not take a hat and extra clothing and a tiny bar of soap to wash your clothes? Before you know it, the disciples would have been more focused on the full missionary gear than on the going and extending the gospel. Does this sound familiar? We overestimate ourselves thinking that we will not overdo it. But we are like little children who are more excited about going shopping for school clothes and new school supplies than we are about school itself. Look at where we are today, mission sending agencies and structures have so many requirements that most people don't even qualify. The missionary needs so many things, or so they are told, that they can't go. The missionary can't go until they have all of these things on their list. I used to carry a lot of things when I went on missionary journeys. Over the years, my baggage has dwindled to virtually nothing. What I do take, I rarely need. By God's grace, He's allowed me to travel into many unreached people groups. These experiences have taught me that one can completely obey Christ and take nothing for the journey. He will be there for you. You will lack nothing. You do not need anything for the journey. You really don't. Jesus knows what He's doing. You can really trust Him to teach you how to do the Great Commission. It applies today just as it did then when Jesus said it over 2,000 years ago. Jesus never intended that we change His methods. If you begin to ask other missionaries, you'll find out that many went to the mission field with no financial backing from their local congregations or agencies. I've interviewed many field missionaries and they tell me the same thing. If you don't need a staff or money or food or extra clothing, you surely don't need all the requirements of today's missionary sending structures. God will provide what you need as you go. You just need to be obedient to Christ's simple teaching and get out there and preach the gospel. Thousands of missionary candidates are holding back, saying that they can't go yet because they lack something. You will end up never going if you fall into this trap. I have some dear friends who said that they would go to the mission field once their children were grown and gone from home. Their children were grown and left home, and then they changed it until their children had gotten through college. My friends never went. One time we had a new missionary candidate in our house who said that she could not go to Afghanistan to translate the Bible until she had gotten her PhD in linguistics. We had a short talk with her and encouraged her to read the scriptures for herself. She got some good training and then went. The education trap has kept thousands of missionaries from going to the unreached peoples. Many who get degrees come out overeducated, in debt with school loans, and have become way too proud to be missionaries to remote unreached peoples. If you feel you need more than a few years of training, go to a school that is not accredited, or you will be so proud or so overeducated that God himself will close the doors on you to remote, unreached people groups. It would be better to take courses at a community college or somewhere where you are not going to get a diploma. Whatever it is in the modern educational system, it seems to be ruining the missionary candidates for the field. You will no longer be a simple, obedient servant with faith in Christ. You will be a career missionary who has learned the business of missions, and who is full of missiology and full of yourself. You won't be one more reason we have not finished the Great Commission. We also need to understand that higher education is really not needed in remote unreached people groups. Skills and crafts that you can learn and provide things inside of the people group to feed yourself and to become part of the community are way more valuable than a PhD or a master's degree. People who need Jesus Christ will not care that you have a higher education. God will literally close the doors on you to enter remote unreached people groups if your head will not fit through the door.